0: What's going on, guys? It's Fantasy Stock Exchange here bringing another episode of our ranking show. We actually got going on the channel. So last week I was actually doing it on my own, but today I'm actually joined by Bush. So, yeah, going on with this series, we're basically just talking about our own personal rankings, who we're higher on, lower on, must starts type busts uh, in comparison to where ECR currently has them ranked. So, definitely going to be a fun episode. We're going to get down, you know, roll up the elbows or roll up the sleeves, you know what I mean, and uh, get to work. But before we do that,
1: Corey, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. Yeah, we're we we know kind of testing this out. Uh, let us know in the comments of what you think of this. Do you want both of us on the show? Do you want just Danny? Like, whatever. The only option is that I can't do this show alone because I have a lot of stuff to do. But yeah. let us know uh, how you guys like this. If you like us both kind of going back and forth on our rankings. And as always, if you if you want to support the show, you can do so for free by hitting the button that looks like this. Again, comment any of your thoughts down below. Subscribe to the channel if you're new. Hit the bell icon uh, so you're notified anytime we go live or anytime we post videos. And then if you want to support the show financially, patreon.com slash fantasy stock exchange. Yeah, let's hit the intro. All right. Now, before we get into the rankings, uh, you guys know about it uh, thus far. Jock Market, the new da- uh, new way to play daily fantasy sports. Uh, Jock MKT is the place to go. It's where the daily fantasy sports market becomes a stock exchange. And basically how it works is each NFL Sunday, there's going to be an IPO just like the regular stock market where you can bid on your favorite players or any player that you just assume is going to go off. Um, and you basically make money or make chips, depending on if you're in a free contest, based on how well that player does. And you can cash out, let's say at halftime, um, Lamar Jackson went off for three touchdowns in the first half. Maybe you, and you made a $15 profit on the shares that you had. Maybe you sell him off because you don't think he's going to have as good of a second half, so on and so forth. You can buy and sell players uh, of buy and sell shares of players with other users in real time. As I mentioned, if someone has a down first half, maybe you buy low on them and vice versa. You make money every hour, every minute, every second of every game with Jock market.
0: Yeah, for sure. Just touching up upon it. I mean, the, the the aspect of jock market that is really unique in its way compared to like just FanDuel DraftKings is that the live trading aspect really adds a new uh, mentality, new type feel to the game. Again, as you mentioned, if Lamar Jackson is struggling at half or is having a really good game at half, you think he's going to tone it down for the second half, say they're up big and you think they're going to run the ball, you can sell that share at half. Or if a, you have a quarterback, and he's down big in the first half. You think that the pass attempts, the volume is going to increase in the second half? You can buy that player at half, flip him for value after the game, and boom, you're good. But uh, talking about it, there's daily contests that are live for NFL. NBA, and PGA as well. So, I mean, if you're looking at it in terms of jock market, you can take control of your fancy sports experience. Right now is the easiest time to play in free contests where you stack chips and climb the leaderboards. I mean, for us in Canada, because we can't actually put money in. But if you're actually in the States, there are paid contests where you can trade actual live real cash. So, I mean, download now on the App Store. Android is is actually coming very soon, but it it is available on iOS thus far. So, jock market. Can't say enough good things about this app. Make sure you go check it out.
1: Awesome. All right. So let's get into the quarterback position. Um, Basically, uh, Danny, you're going to have this on the screen right now, right? All right. So these are, are you going to put both of our rankings on the screen? You can cut Uh, this out. Yeah, I can can put both rankings on the screen. Okay. So on the screen right now, you're going to see both of our rankings side by side on the screen. And uh, as you can see, there's certain guys that were higher on and lower on on the right column. It says versus ECR, which means we're plus that many uh, points on where the ECR has that player or minus however many that uh, ECR has that player as well. So some of the guys that we're higher on, for example, I have Justin Herbert plus five in uh, comparison to consensus. And I mean, same goes for Joe Burrow at plus six. I just think these guys are both your prototypical uh, fantasy quarterbacks. They're not necessarily the greatest quarterbacks in the league, even though Herbert is actually playing pretty well. Same goes for Joe Burrow, but they're going to run a lot. They're going to throw a lot. They scramble, they pick up yards, and they, they all, They. I mean, they have the, the downfield like mentality of, of throwing it deep. So those are the type of guys that you want in your fantasy lineup. And I think both of them are in pretty solid matchups to throw the ball a lot this week, even if maybe the defenses that they're going up against are not the like friendliest.
0: Yeah, no, I fully agree on those guys. I mean, I actually had Herbert listed as well. Uh, Burrow, I have a little bit higher as well, but talk about Herbert, I mean, I have seven spots ahead of ECR right now. Currently have him at 11. His current ranking is actually at 18, as you guys can see on the screen. I mean, he's just looked really good as a player since he took over for Tyler Taylor. I mean, this is a guy who we, we both thought would be raw coming into the NFL. But well, man, over these last three games, 310 passing yards per game, five touchdowns to three interceptions, and over 100 quarterback rating thus far. Not to mention, I mean, people are going to look at the Saints and say, oh, on paper, they're a very tough pass defense. So it's really hard to get points on them. They're actually allowing 22.84 points per game to the position, which is seventh worst in the league thus far. So I mean, Herbert, fire him up as a quarterback one this week, as I kind of mentioned the waiver show as well. Talking about other options that I would be uh, higher on, the one in particular that really stands out is going to be Ben Roethlisberger. So going against a Eagles' defense who's actually been shredded when they face NFL starting caliber quarterbacks. I mean, I'm looking at you, Nick Mullins and Dwayne Haskins, because you don't, you ain't it. Uh, in those two games though, where they actually played some good passers talking about Joe Burrow and Jared Goff, they actually allowed 579 total passing yards to those two quarterbacks and five touchdowns across those two games. So I would definitely start Ben Roethlisberger with
1: a uh, confidence. I actually have him three spots ahead of where ECR currently has him ranked. Yeah, I'm actually lower on Ben Roethlisberger. It's really? not really, it's not necessarily because I don't like the matchup. I just think the, because uh, Deontay Johnson is probably going to be kind of taken out of this game by Darius Slay, it's going to rely more on Juju Smith-Schuster. This is really nitpicky. It's just because there's a lot of good options at the quarterback position as there is every week because, I mean, the NFL's passing league. If there's 20-plus quarterbacks that you can start in fantasy every week, which is why we suggest that you don't draft quarterbacks early for this exact reason. Anyway, another guy that I'm a bit higher on than consensus, obviously this is awaiting wait, like word that this game actually happens, is Ryan Tannehill at plus six. Um, AJ Brown is expected to come back in this game, and I know he'll likely be uh, seeing a lot of Tre'Davious White. If that is the case, I, I think Tannehill is just playing great. He's playing efficient ball the the way Ryan Tannehill always plays. A lot of play action, a lot of um, rollout plays, and he can run as well. So uh, Tannehill at fifteen, I think that's exactly where Tannehill belongs. Pretty much every week is is quarterback fifteen. That's about the range that he should be sitting in. And I mean, the experts have him at twenty one. I don't know if that's yeah. hesitancy between uh, the game not happening or not, but I think if this game happens, he's going to be a top 15 quarterback. And the bills have not been nearly as good against the past as they have been uh, going back as as like to last year.
0: Yeah, I will be completely honest. I had him. I have him ranked currently at the 21. And the reason being is must've just been a name. I glanced over when I was doing the rankings because of the uncertainty of the game happening. But realistically, if I were to redo these rankings, hypothetically looking at it, he would probably be in that Jared Goff, Joe Burrow type area at that. 14 to 16 type area for me. So it says 21 on the screen. You guys can uh, see it right now. But to be honest, that that's one I just glanced over when I was doing the quarterback ranking. So my fault. Anyways, talking about guys, I'm a little wrong. Let's get, uh, let's get out of that. Uh, Drew Brees is a big one for me. Yeah. I have him five spots lower than consensus. I believe
1: you have them actually the same. I, I do. And yeah. my, for me, it's, it's kind of going to depend on what Michael Thomas does. If Michael Tom- and we might not know this. If you're uh, if you have Drew Brees, you probably likely have other options that you can stream. And going into Monday Night Football, unless you have Justin Herbert on your team, you might—I I would opt to play other players against uh, instead of Drew Brees. I would rather play Kirk Cousins. I'd rather play Justin Herbert, as I mentioned. I'd rather play Teddy Bridgewater. I'd rather play Gardner Minshew and, and Joe Burrow. Like, if if you don't have to wait on on Michael Thomas's health to know whether or not you should start Drew Brees, I suggest you just sit Drew Brees for because yeah. there's plenty of other options out there.
0: Okay, I was actually gonna uh, cite. Uh, physical decline of him as well. I mean, obviously, the yeah. Michael Thomas factor, we don't know if he's going to play. Just talking about Breeze as a player. He hasn't been the same quarterback this year. Yes, last year, he was quarterback three on points per game. We know this. But so far this year, he's the quarterback 20 thus far on points per game with a clear deterioration in his overall arm strength. I mean, it's just... He had the favorable matchup last week as well, 15.54 fantasy points. And in general, he's just a low-ceiling type option, in my opinion, given that lack of arm strength, given the lack of weapons, if Michael Thomas were to not play in this game. So to have him where ECR currently has him, and let me just check where that currently is. That's quarterback 11. I do not trust him whatsoever as a quarterback one thus far. I mean, where I have him currently, mid-quarterback two, mid to high quarterback two, I think is where he belongs. And I can see you agree as well, having him at the exact same ranking.
1: Yeah. And uh, another guy that I'm lower on, I have Jared Goff five spots lower than consensus. And again, I I don't hate Jared Goff with, with quarterbacks. It's really ticky tacky because there's so many good options. I have Jared Goff at 19 because he's basically been exactly what Baker Mayfield has been thus far this season. He's been low volume when he has a good game. It's because he was efficient. Like the Washington football team is not a good team. They have Kyle Allen starting at quarterback. Jared Goff and the Rams are probably going to win this game pretty easily. And not only that, but the Rams are one of the highest percentages of neutral game uh, run-to-pass split right now. So I'd imagine if they get up in this game, it's going to be a heavy dose of Daryl Henderson and Malcolm Brown. And I believe Cam Akers is actually supposed to play in this game. So I, I think the run game is how they close this one out. Maybe Goff gets like two or three touchdowns in the first, quarter, or in the first two quarters, which is probably what you're going to have, uh, have to have happen if he's going to be really good for fantasy this week. I just don't think he's going to be in a position this week to be throwing the ball all over the yard.
0: Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Uh talking about got I am lower on before we go into the next position being the running back position. I'm actually going to be talking about Daniel Jones. I have him 3 spots lower than consensus and yes, this is not just because he plays my team. I'm not going to be that biased by doing that. Uh the reason why he's 3 spots lower is cuz ECR is ridiculous and has them as a Yeah, no, they got to chill.
1: Off. I think I think um they're getting a little overboard with the Cowboys defense sucks. Sorry. Like yes, the Cowboys defense sucks. Yeah, you sucks. know this as well because you're a Cowboys fan, but we're, I think we're all just copy and pasting, oh, any quarterback can go off against yeah. this defense. And the Giants' offense has been terrible. They've only scored... they scored less points, points this whole season than the Browns, than the Browns, scored Browns put game. up last week on the Cowboys.
0: Yeah. No, they scored 47 points on the season. The Browns put up 49 last week against the Cowboys. Yes, it is a very favorable matchup. I understand that. But at the same time, this is more so like... uh, You know like the saying, like an immovable object against a unstoppable force. A what very movable
1: object call? against a very... Stoppable force.
0: Yeah, that's basically what this matchup is. So if you're talking about Daniel Jones, just briefing over before we go into position, quarterback 30 on points per game thus far. And since week one, he's had one game where he had 10.1 points. Has not had a uh, the game where he had more than that. So I mean, realistically, ranking him ahead of, or ECR currently has him ranked ahead of Joe, uh, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert,
1: like, it makes no sense to No, me. yeah. And I, I agree, he's a streamable option if you need a streamer. Like, yeah, he's a good option, but what it shoot if he busts, no, because the Giants offense sucks.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's so volatile in terms of his range of outcomes this week to ultimately have him at 15 just completely mitigates the risk or uh, extrapolates the risk. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Uh, anyways, let's get into the running backs. Let's get off Daniel Jones and that anemic passing offense for the Giants. Let's go.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about one anemic passing offense to another. And that's the Philadelphia Eagles. I have Miles Sanders at uh, five spots higher than ECR. And it's not necessarily because I think Miles Sanders is some smash play this week. He plays the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's not a good matchup on the ground, but Miles Sanders is a workhorse running back. Like, he gets volume out the wazoo. Like, he is going to see a lot of targets. Saquon saw nine targets against this defense in week one, and Miles Sanders has a similar, like, usage level in terms of his uh, routes that he runs and the amount of targets he gets. He gets workhorse volume in the receiving game, and this team is not going to get anything going through the air against this defense with the, the two pass rushers that they have. So I'd imagine it's going to be a lot of get the ball out quick stuff for for Carson Wentz in the pocket, and, he, and I I wouldn't be shocked if Miles Sanders catches seven or eight balls. Like th-
0: this to me kind of screams a uh, Miles Sanders Ertz game because they're not going to have enough time to deliver it down the field to guys like Deshaun Jackson and. Um, Who's the, Greg Ward? If they, if they have any time whatsoever,
1: I don't think Deshaun Jackson, I think Deshaun Jackson's out Jack, too. He's out too. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, that's Greg why I'm Ward like is. Sanders is just going to get a lot of targets. That's yeah. basically how I look at it. If you're any kind of PPR league, if you're in a standard yeah. league, I probably wouldn't have him this high, but if it's full PPR, half PPR, he's going to rack up receptions. And he probably like, I mean, he'll probably, he might get into the end zone or something too. Like I think he's just going to get enough volume that it's going to, it's going to sustain him. And if he has a bad game in this one, he's going to be one of my biggest trade target candidates yeah, because same. I know, I know the offensive line is completely decimated and you never want that for your running back. But I mean, that only downgrades him, in my opinion, from like a top eight running back to like a top 12 running back, the offensive line injuries, because his volume is just so insane and he's just so good as a running uh, as a runner and a receiver that it kind of makes up for it. Yeah, no, that's definitely fair. Um, talking about my guy though. Uh, we're going to get
0: into Dalvin cook who I, I mean, it's not a huge discrepancy. Again, he's ECL three. This is kind of just my claim as to why he's my RB1 on the week. So if you're looking at it thus far, Dalvin Cook on the season has been absolutely fantastic. 22.5 half PPR points per game on a ridiculous six rushing touchdowns with four games. The reason why I have him this high is because the the touchdown potential in an ultimate shootout that we expect between the Vikings and Seahawks on Sunday Night Football. So I mean, to, to be completely honest here, Dalvin Cook is a near lock to score in this game. The Seahawks are not good against the pass whatsoever. Yes, that, oh, people may say, oh, well, they're decently efficient against the run. Well, hypothetically, if the Vikings are absolutely carving them with the pass game and they're getting trips to the red zone, what do they do in the red zone? They give the ball to
1: Dalvin Cook as evidenced by those six rushing touchdowns in four games. That's a really good point, actually. A lot of people don't think about stuff like that. They're like, oh, like they're bad against the pass, so all the pass catchers go off. But you got to keep in mind what a team's identity is. Like we saw last week with... Um, with the Browns and the Cowboys. Yeah. Yes, the Cowboys are terrible against the pass, but the Browns are a running team and they can probably run on anyone. And I think we're going to see this week them still run on the Colts, even though the Colts are a great run, uh, run defense. But they, yes, they had more passing success against the Cowboys than they typically would against another team. But they still, at the bottom line is, is th- this team is a running team as are the Vikings. And they're going to run the ball with Dalvin Cook when they have the opportunities to, when it matters most in the red zone.
0: Absolutely. I'll actually talk about Kareem Hunt in a bit after you go through your guy, but who's your, uh, who's your guy in terms of the running backs? Um, my, one of
1: my other guys is Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon is, I have him six spots higher than consensus at RB 14. He's only like, why is he running back 20 in ECR? Can anyone name 20 healthy running backs? Like <laughs> I can't like, he's getting completely workhorse volume right now. And I know Philip Lindsay is slated to come back in this game, but, uh, they, I believe Fangio already mentioned he's going to be like limited in some capacity. So at least for this week, you have one more week of Melvin Gordon being like the workhorse back that he's been without Lindsay in the lineup and even going forward. Yeah, you could sell him high, but even going forward, I still think he's going to be a top 16 running back type. And yeah, it's new England that he's going up against, but he's looked quite good. Melvin Gordon's looked pretty good. And Jonathan Taylor, like what's the difference between Jonathan Taylor and Melvin Gordon, Melvin, like Jonathan Taylor is getting ranked in the top eight and Melvin Gordon is getting similar volume, looking better on that volume. And yeah, like I, I just don't understand why Melvin Gordon is being kind of slandered so much. He had a great game last week.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have him a little bit lower. That's also due to the fact that I, I, I did take into consideration when ranking him that Lindsay may be back and chipping into that workload, combined with that kind of matchup against the Patriots. But I fully understand from full workload volume, especially if Lindsay's going to be limited, as you said. I mean, based on volume, we we talk about guys like, for example, um, I don't know. Ronald Jones this week, David Montgomery, guys like that who are just going to be ranked that high simply due to volume. Melvin Gordon thus far has looked efficient mostly and is going to be slated to get that volume. So if Lindsey plays, yes, I says I have him at 20 right now, but if Lindsey doesn't play or is limited in any capacity,
1: he's definitely going to be raising up my ranks. So that's definitely a good point that you brought up there. One more guy I just quickly want to mention as a guy I'm higher on, and this is more so for rankings rather than like a start sit thing. I have Frank Gore nine spots higher than consensus. That's just kind of how it came out. The way I'm looking at it is I, I probably wouldn't start him if you can help it. I hope your team isn't that desperate at running back that you have to start Frank Gore, but he's going up against a top, uh, top six matchup in terms of points given up to the running back position and he gets a lot of volume. So is, is Frank Gore a top 36 option in terms of rankings and probably where he's going to finish this week? Yeah, probably. That's fair.
0: Uh, talking about my second guy, you kind of alluded to it with the Browns game plan last week. That is Kareem Hunt. This is, I'm staking my claim right now. Kareem Hunt with Nick Chubb out is going to be a top three running back any given week. If you're looking at Kareem Hunt, both the way he's played, the way the offense has played in terms of the running game thus far this year, Kareem Hunt has been, first of all, ridiculous. I mean, the Browns have the number one rated rushing attack and the number one rated run blocking offensive line in the entire league right now, AKA the Kevin Stefanski effect. I mean, that's what happens when you hire a guru of a running coach and actually add to your offensive line. I mean, that that Cleveland Browns rushing attack has been fantastic. Yes, Nick Chubb was part of that. But Kareem Hunt, in his own right, is the RB7 in half PPR on points per game on only 14.5 touches per game. With Nick Chubb out, like that's going to go to 18 to 20 touches per game, at minimum, to be quite honest. Because we don't think much of Dearness Johnson. I mean... 4.9, 40-yard dash run. He looked good against the Cowboys. but would probably get 10 carries. Yeah, I mean, he's a fine player, but realistically, this is Kareem Hunt's backfield. Yes, I do expect it to be allocated a little bit because the Browns just run the ball a ton. Like, the Browns could realistically run the ball 35 to 40 times in this game, and I wouldn't be shocked because it's going to be a slugfest with them and the Colts. And if that's the case, I mean, Kareem Hunt's going to get 20, 25 touches. If he's doing that, he's a near lock for top three in any given week for me with Nick Chubb out. So I love Kareem Hunt. And I mean, this is my, again, staking my claim now, but he's currently ECR six. And I'm even, I, I think
1: that's even low. I have him at three. Yeah, I have him at four. So I'm, I'm, I'm a little higher on him than ECR as well. I, I definitely don't hate that call. Uh, speaking of the guys that we're low on, and I mean, this is going to sound like a shock to absolutely no one, but I'm lower on David Johnson, minus three from ECR and I'm lower on Todd Gurley. Why? Because both of these guys completely suck. They're completely washed. They're completely touchdown dependent. If they don't get a touchdown, they're going to disappoint you. And on David Johnson's perspective, David Johnson's getting 55% of the snaps last week with Duke Johnson coming back into the lineup and no more Bill O'Brien to run the ball up the middle 20 times a game. I, I think David Johnson's in for an absolute nosedive in terms of his fantasy value. And I think Todd Gurley is kind of going down a similar road. I know he had a two-touchdown game against the Packers, but again, this dude is completely touchdown dependent.
0: Yeah, again, I, I'd probably, for the record, I did the David Johnson ranking prior to the Bill O'Brien signings or uh, firing. So, I mean, if I realistically were to re-rank him, he'd probably be around the 17-18 mark. But those points, I agree. I mean, Todd Gurley, this week, I'm kind of a little bit higher on than, than you are on him, simply because the matchup and simply because the the touchdown. Uh, opportunity in this game, but not saying I like him as a player whatsoever because he's going to be inefficient as fuck. I just think he's going to nosedive into the end zone this week, which is why I kind of have him there. I mean, if you're talking about efficient options, realistically, I mean Melvin Gordon, Kenyon Drake are going to be more efficient this week. So um, yeah, talking about that. There's actually before I get into the guy I'm lower on, there's one more guy I'm higher on than consensus. That's actually Justin Jackson, running back from the LA Chargers. Currently have him as my RB 26, I believe, on the or 27. Which, Jeff. Currently have him as an RB26 on the weekend. To me, he's kind of poised to operate, occupy that Austin Eckler type role in the offense. No, he's not going to be Austin Eckler. He's not going to get 20 touches a game. He's not going to be a top three receiving back in the league. But can he do like 70% 70 of what Austin Eckler can do? Maybe. And if he does that, I mean, he's definitely going to be a flex-worthy play in my opinion, especially against a Saints defense who are stifling against... Between the tackles type runners like Josh, Josh Kelly is not going to go anywhere in this game for the record. Josh Kelly is going to be limited, and if that's the case, in a efficient volume receiving role, I do think that Justin Jackson ultimately return value, especially in PPR league. So I definitely like him, and I have him pretty significantly ahead of consensus right now.
1: And we were so, actually off on him. Like me and you had like a disconnect, and I'm actually higher on him than consensus too. There you go. I, um, I have him at RB 34, and you have him what? I guess you 26. have him at what? 26. Okay. So you're way higher on him than consensus. And I was yeah. like, Oh, I'm a bit lower on him. And then I realized like, I'm still higher than ECR.
0: <laughs> yeah. And uh, the one guy I'm actually like extremely low on compared to consensus, Mark Ingram. I mean, I'm nine spots lower than i on consensus. I'm like, I don't even think I'm that low. I'm an RB 34. Why does ECR have him at RB25? What has he done thus far in this season to be worth a RB25 ranking? So, I mean, to me, he's just a low-ceiling, low-floor play given the rotation of backs they have in Baltimore right now. I mean, him, Edwards, Dobbins, and then with Lamar Jackson getting freaking like 10 to 14 carries a game. Mark Ingram is just not worth even remotely touching your lineup, in my opinion, unless he's an absolute desperate play. And RB25, where ECR has him, doesn't mean he's a desperation play. So I am totally off him at that point. RB 34 compared to the RB 25 he's ranked on ECR.
1: Yeah. See, I, the thing for me is that like, so RB 25 for me currently is Miles Gaskin and, and uh, then Le'Veon Bell at 26. To me, is a massive drop off after that. Same. And that's why I have Mark Ingram at 27. I'm two spots lower than consensus, but like Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, Latavius Murray, Damian Harris, Keyshawn Vaughn, Chase Edmonds, Justin Jackson, Frank Gore. Those are my next ranked like running backs. And as, as low as I feel on Mark Ingram, like I don't want to start Mark Ingram, I don't feel confident about any of those guys either.
0: And Mark, right. Ingram,
1: like Mark Ingram is still the starting running back, kind of, like in terms of touches. But like, I, I don't know. Yeah, like the Ravens backfield is just a complete mess. Like don't start any of these guys if you can help it. But I mean, if you have to pick one, I'm going to pick Mark Ingram going forward as the guy I'm willing to start yeah, from the start. I definitely agree. I mean, he's kind of in that similar tier
0: of Devonte Freeman, but in general, if you can avoid any of these guys, just start receivers in your flex. Cause don't touch these guys. Yeah. Yeah. I like would, everyone. I would highly
1: advise starting receivers in your flex going forward because I'm sure oh, there's plenty of receivers out there that you can start in your flex. Like I'd much rather start a guy like T Higgins or LaVisca Chanel over Mark Ingram, because I kind of know their roles compared to Mark Ingram's. I just have definitely. no idea what uh, is going on at the running back position. So let's, Here's the hoping that you guys have two to three running backs that are actually reliable and you don't have to worry about starting like four running backs in your lineup because I mean, there's, there's a very low chance that you have four startable running backs on your roster with the way that injuries have, have gone on in the uh, season so far. So onto the wide receiver position uh, on the screen right now, you'll see both of our rankings. Um, Robert Woods is the first guy I want to talk about. I have him five spots higher than consensus. Uh, the last three weeks, here's who Robert Woods has gone up against in shadow coverage. Darius Slay. Tredavious White and James Bradbury and Rotter Woods hasn't been bad against those guys. Like he, he was solid. Like he, he got 10 to like 18 points in all those games. It's not like he was terrible and he ruined your lineup or anything like that. I actually think he's a pretty good buy low candidate right now. If people are panicking on him and they think he's just some like middling um, wide receiver three or something like that. Cause I, I still think he's a top 15 option for the rest of the season. Agreed. Uh, I expect uh, a big hot, like a, a high target game from him in this one. Not necessarily because I think the Rams are going to throw a lot. It's because he finally has a good matchup. And when he's been, um, in good matchups, like he was against the Cowboys in week one, he had a high target game and he had a lot of fantasy points. So I expect, uh, a pretty, uh, pretty good outing from Robert Woods in this one. And that's why I have him. I believe he's in my top 10. Yeah. He's yeah. At number nine. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm fully on board with
0: that. I have him and uh, Woods, or him and Cup, actually back to back. They're 12, 13 right now. Right now, in my rankings. Um, and if if more is scheduled to play, I mean, they're they're definitely in my opinion going to jump ahead of like Keenan Allen, for example. So I definitely agree with that ranking there. Talking about a guy I'm very high on compared to, uh, well, not even compared to contestants, kind of compared to you. This is definitely one that we actually have a bet on this week: Cooper versus Chark. But Marty Cooper. Four spots higher than consensus for me. I know he's actually – you're going to talk about him as being low for you. Uh, He's my wide receiver, too, this week. Full take. I get it. But, man, Amari Cooper, the main kind of detractor for him this week is like, well, he's going to have shadow coverage against James Bradbury. Well, the last corner to actually shadow him – Week one, 100% of snaps against him was Jalen Ramsey. Well, how did that work out for a young Jalen Ramsey? Took tune of 14 targets. Dak Prescott had no fear against Jalen Ramsey. He was absolutely peppering Amari Cooper in that matchup. 10 receptions for 81 yards, an absolute PPR beast. I mean, if you're talking about PPR beast for the record, 12.75 targets per game on pace over a 16 game season for 204 targets in the most pass heavy offense in the NFL at 69% pass split and 202 attempts in these last four games. So, I mean, to me, Amari Cooper is the wide receiver one in PPR formats. Right now, our wide receiver three and half PPR. To me, he's just an auto top five receiver any given week. And in a matchup, in my opinion, where James Gregory himself is actually going to have his hands full, he's just a lock start, in my opinion. Wide receiver one, no doubt about it. Until he actually shows the inconsistencies that he's shown in the past, I'm just going to rank him where he's been playing.
1: Okay, so you just, you just stepped on my point there. You said until he's shown the inconsistencies that he's shown in the past. Well, for him performing against a shadow matchup against Jalen Ramsey is an inconsistency because the only thing that's consistent about Amari Cooper in his whole career has been that he's been bad in in shadow matchups so I'm going to stick to that and that's why I do have him lower than consensus I have him at wide receiver 16 which is actually 10 spots lower shadow coverage against James Bradbury has yielded a 52 percent completion percentage and 82.7 quarterback rating despite having a rough week one against Juju uh for James Bradbury so I, I don't think this is a, an Amari Cooper game. I think CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup and Dalton Schultz and Ezekiel Elliott are the ones that do all the work in this game. And I think Amari Cooper, they probably just avoid throwing at him. And the reason is, is because like, there's no other, like Darnay Holmes is terrible. They're slot yeah, corner. That's like right. CeeDee Lamb is going to eat in this game. Um, I mean, if are uh, talking about Isaac Yatum, like the, the other opposite corners are not nearly as good as James Bradbury. If we're going to talk about one thing
0: too, you mentioned Darnay Holmes. For the record, I know it's not a huge percentage of his snaps, but he still runs roughly 23% of his total snaps from the slot in terms of Amari Cooper. So, I mean, I do think if James Bradbury were to have, say, some success with him on the outside, they would find ways to get him in the slot. They would find ways to move him around because, I mean, when you have a trio of receivers in him, Lamb, and Gallup, I mean, you find ways to get them open, plain, and simple. And I know I say that a lot, but Amari Cooper, although I love CeeDee Lamb, although I love Michael Gallup, is still the alpha of that receiver room. So, um... Just a little I'm disconnect checking, there. I'm
1: just checking something real quick. I want to go see if, if he traveled to the slot with Juju in week one. All right, go for it. Um, okay, so actually, no, he did not. So you, you might have a point. If, if Amari Cooper, if they're able to move him around and get him off of James Bradbury, yes, you might have a point. But J, uh, Amari Cooper in his career has been a guy that's been inconsistent. I know he hasn't been that thus far this year, but that's who he's always been. It's a guy, Mike Evans and Amari Cooper. I compare them all the time because they're exactly the same player. They go off in great matchups and they do shit in bad matchups. It's just kind of how they are. Um, Sometimes they throw up stinkers and and have good games in one or the other, but I I would, I'm just going to stick to what I know about Amari Cooper. And that's usually he goes, he doesn't do well in good matchups or in bad matchups. Before we move on,
0: I'll say one more thing on Amari Cooper. This also could be the fact that he's actually recovered from that plantar fasciitis that was affecting him last year. Because to me, when i actually watching the games, he just looked like a much smoother player in and out of his breaks. Yes, he's always been the top, one of the top pro runners in the NFL, but he's looked smooth. He's looked athletic. He's looked generally quick uh thus far this season more so than even last year i mean we saw kind of down the stretch he did fade out again i mentioned he was a wide receiver three in the first eight games and wide receiver 38 in the last eight so i mean i think that was
1: ultimately due to inconsistency as you mentioned as well as injury kind of effect yes but that's always been a concern with amari cooper and amari cooper could go out in this game and run a raw a, a route weird and then be out for the game or miss two quarters and come back and be inconsistent like That's just the the risk you're going to have to take with Amari Cooper. If you're going to have him as your, like he's probably people's wide receiver one or two on their team. Yeah. So the risk that you're taking with Amari Cooper is that he is kind of prone to to soft tissue stuff. He just seems to get, get it more often than some receivers. So, I mean, that's just kind of what I'm, I'm not predicting that Amari Cooper goes out of this game with an injury, but prone to it. Yeah. He's more prone to it. Plus he has a bad matchup. I'm just, I'm, I'm not staying away. I'm still going to start him. He's wide receiver 16 for me, but I'm not going to play him in DFS. That's for sure. Yeah, for, uh, that's fair. But uh,
0: we're, we'll, we'll, we'll
1: uh, see what happens with that little bet this week. But go yeah, ahead. Let me get into a guy because you just forward. talked about Cooper. So Tyler Boyd is, I have him, uh, where do I have him? I have him eight spots higher than consensus. I have him at wide receiver 17. So wide receiver 25 in consensus for the guy who's top 10 in the NFL in targets. He's going up against a corner that allowed 14 completions on 16 targets last week. That was Marlon Humphrey allowed 14 completions on 16 targets last week in a game where burrow should be throwing 40 to 50 passes in this game. I had imagined that Tyler Boyd has 10 to 15 targets in this game. I think he's going to be heavily involved if he has, okay. If you're in a PPR league and he has nine catches for 60 yards, that's a great game for PPR. Like, like maybe like the have, end zone or as a big player or whatever, he doesn't need it because he's going to get peppered in this game. He can have like an a Rob type game.
0: The way a Rob played this week against the Bucks. I mean, 10 catches, 90 yards, 16 targets is what a Rob
1: got this week. Yeah, I can like definitely Boyd's see Boyd is so like high on sure. weekend and week out. And especially in this game where you expect Burrow is going to be throwing a lot. Yeah, uh, for sure. I I totally agree on that Boyd.
0: And the uh, <laughs> next guy I mentioned, I mean, this is, if you're watching this, you're just going to think, wow, Danny, of course, Cowboy Homer, of course, but, CD Lamb, seven spots higher, higher than ECR right now. Yes, the first two guys I mentioned are Cowboys receivers. You know why? Because, as I mentioned, the Cowboys are the highest volume passing team in the entire NFL. 202 passing attempts in four games is just insanity. Like it, it, It's mind-boggling. They're throwing the ball at a 69% clip right now, as I mentioned. And, as you mentioned, Darnay Holmes has sucked in the slot. Where's CD Lamb lined up on 92% of his snaps thus far this year? In the slot. So, I mean, ultimately CD lamb to me is a high end wide receiver too, to be quite honest until he proves otherwise get 29 targets in the first four games of his career. That's only going to keep going up. Only going to keep staying at minimum where it's been over seven targets per game. I love CD lamb, especially in half PPR, full PPR. I do think he's going to ultimately get peppered as I'm afraid to say, it cause I love Gallup, but man, he's been the wide receiver two
1: on the Cowboys thus far yeah. in terms of role. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally agree with you. No arguments here. Another guy I'm higher on, we have a lot of receivers to talk about because mainly because re- I would say of the, th- of the positions in fantasy, receiver is the hardest to make start-sit decisions about, mainly because it's the opposite of the running back position. There's so many good options that you can start. It's like, man, how do I choose between this guy and this guy? They basically all seem the same um, when you're talking about wide receiver, like 18 to like 35, to be completely honest. So, you Smith-Schuster, I have plus seven on consensus. And the reason is because Deontay Johnson's been excellent. I understand that. He's been really good. But we have yet to see him go against a great corner uh, because Bradbury shadowed Juju in the first game. It is projected that Deontay Johnson will be the one who be, who is shadowed by Darius Slay in this game. So, I mean, I, I would look for Juju to have a big game in this one. I think Deontay Johnson in the two and a half games that he's played or whatever, he was being shadowed by Bradley Roby in the game that he left with a concussion or what it was a concussion that he left with, I believe. Um, yeah. So he left that game with a concussion, but he was being shadowed in that game. He had two targets and zero catches. I'm not really going to take too much away from that. But Darius Slay has been very good this year against uh, top-tier receivers. So uh, I, I think this is a juju game for, for Ben Roethlisberger and the, the Steelers' offense. Yep, uh, I fully agree. I'm 12 spots higher, higher than consensus. So we're both in
0: agreement there. I currently have him as my wide receiver 10 and half BPR. I think uh, that would make him, what, your wide receiver fifteen yes yeah okay yeah we're we're on we're the same boat there talking about my next guy that i'm higher on than consensus that's gonna be justin jefferson wide receiver from the minnesota vikings so i have him six spots higher than consensus currently in my wide receiver 18 i believe yeah my wide receiver 18 and uh expert consensus has him at 24 so talking about justin jefferson mentioned a little bit with Dalvin cook but the seahawks are an absolute gold mine when you're talking about fantasy football wide receivers actually giving up the most points to the position thus far again justin jefferson to me uh, or not to me, but it's actually factual. Justin Jefferson is a top 10 in terms of receiving yards in the NFL right now, and yeah, he's that's actually, number one graded receiver right yeah, now. He's had back to back to 100 yard games. I mean, realistically, after that 175 yard explosion, which of course I was playing him that week, but uh, after that 175 yard explosion, people's main questions were, Yeah, he's a rookie receiver, he's gonna flash, but can he do it consistently? Four catches for 103 yards the following week, again, mentioned top 10 in receiving yards the sort of trust that he's building right now with Kirk Cousins operating as the wide receiver two behind Adam Thielen is monumental. Again, this is a team that's actually looked decently uh, efficient on offense after that Colts game. And ultimately if Justin Jefferson is going to keep playing the way he has been, he's going to be in an every week, top 20 wide receiver, similar to kind of what we've seen CD lamb kind of become over these first four weeks too. So man, CD lamb and Justin Jefferson are absolutely explosive rookie receivers and Oh, pretty there's fun. like
1: at least eight more
0: that you could name for sure. And yeah, yeah like I-, I love Justin Jefferson. Expect that top 20 production yet again against that Seahawks depleted secondary, especially. If yeah, Jonah man. So,
1: uh, yeah, the guy I compared Keenan out Al- or uh, I just spoiled it. The guy I compared uh, Justin Jefferson to was Keenan Allen slash Keenan McArdle, two Keenans, uh, that I'm pretty familiar with, uh, watching a lot of. Um, Keenan Allen kind of just, they just run the same. Like they look the same when they play. They're just so precise. They're so smart when they're and savvy with their route running. The way that Justin Jefferson is playing is exactly how he played at LSU. That's kind of a big deal. Like when people talk about college production, not meaning much, like it is important for receivers to be productive. And I mean, can you like, other than his own teammate, Jamar Chase in college, who was more productive than Justin Jefferson last year, pretty much no one in college football. So it, it's not really shocking to me. It is kind of shocking to me because I thought he'd have a bit more of a transition, especially being on um, the COVID uh, list during training camp and stuff. So you can color me uh, color me incorrect when I said that Justin Jefferson was going to get off to a slow start in his NFL career because he's he's I mean he's PFF's number one graded receiver. He's playing out of his mind. Um, on to the next guy, who is also uh, a great uh, young receiver, Debo Samuel. I have 19 spots higher than consensus and. Again, this is probably due to the fact that he was coming off of injury. That's why he's kind of uh, uh, low in consensus. But I have him quite high. I have him in like um, wide receiver two territory. He's going up against Noah Benogany, who is a rookie corner for the Dolphins in the slot, who has a 32.7 coverage grade, according to PFF. He uh, he was allowing 20.0 yards per reception, which for the record is what A.J. Brown averaged last year. And everyone was like, oh, regression, regression, regression. So he's averaging A.J. Brown numbers in coverage uh, against him and a near-perfect passer rating against him. So I think Debo Samuel only ran 15 routes last week, and he looked incredible on those routes. He, he was easing in last week. I don't think he's easing in this week. I think he's back to borderline full strength. He'll probably run 80% of the snaps or something. Uh, I think he's going to go off in this game. And Jimmy Garoppolo is back as well for this game. Fully agree on Debo Samuel. I love him too, for the record. He's just one of my personal favorite
0: players to watch in the NFL.
1: Talking about guys
0: we are uh, – well, we Well,
1: on. Actually, lower. I have one more guy that I'm higher on. Go for it. All right, Russell Gage, uh, I'm high, nine spots higher than him on consensus. Limited or no Julio in this game. We're going to get one of the two. It's going to be either a limited Julio Jones or no Julio Jones against a terrible defense. The Panthers' defense is awful, uh, and the Falcons pass the ball like crazy. So give me Russell Gage. He's like my wide receiver, 32, I believe. Yep, there you go.
0: Uh, talking about the guys we're lowing on, and that's going to be Odell Beckham, wide receiver from the Cleveland Browns. Six spots lower than ECR. I mean, I was actually surprised when ECR had him at 19. I thought some, some buttheads were going to have him at like wide receiver 13 or something like that. And yeah, I actually was a little surprised they didn't have him at like 11 or something. Yeah, uh, I mean, Odell Beckham, guys. Sell him high if you still have an opportunity to. P- people, people are going to point out, oh, 36 points. Let's go. Guess how many were actually from uh, Baker Mayfield in that game? <laughs> 14. 14. 14. 14 of those points were from Baker. Bay, Unless though. Jarvis
1: Landry throws another lemon to him and then he has another 75-yard carry or whatever it was. Or, I don't think Odell Beckham's getting 36 points. Or, or Jalen Smith trying to run in quicksand
0: across the field to try to tackle him on a fucking end around. like That's just not a thing. That's not going to happen against an actual NFL defense. Yes, my Cowboys aren't an actual NFL defense. I get it. You guys don't have to keep reminding me about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Odell Beckham, he's not a t- not even a wide receiver too this week, to be honest. Roads Especially. are closed, man. Yeah, I mean, Xavier Rhodes and that Colts pass defense, run defense, the whole defense for them, quite, to be quite honest, has been fantastic this year. So do not start Odell Beckham this week unless you're your press for volume, whatever. Like Don't, don't start him with high expectations is what I should say.
1: Yeah, yeah. You, he's definitely a startable receiver, so you don't want to be sitting yeah. a guy coming off a 36-point outing. He's still like a wide receiver, high-end wide receiver three probably yeah, is agreed. where I have him about ranked. But uh, the roads are closed, man. They were under construction last year, and he got torched like crazy. But... Xavier Rhodes is playing like he was a couple of years ago. So I, I, I don't know if that's just a flash, if that's just a mirage, maybe it's the scheme that he's in. The Colts scheme is really conservative. Like, maybe, like it, that might shock some people with how good they've played, but they just run like a lot of cover three and stuff. Like, which is what Xavier Rhodes can do. Like he's not really excelling in man-to-man defense anymore based on the way he's been playing. So um, quickly on a couple of receivers I'm lower on. DJ Moore, I have him 11 spots lower than consensus. DJ Moore, uh, where do I actually have him? Uh, yes, I'm at 27. His consensus wow. at 16. I know he's playing the Falcons. I understand that. But like, DJ Moore has not shown it. Like, he hasn't shown it yet. And until he actually does show it, because Anderson's the dude. It's Robbie Anderson's – like, he's the wide receiver 1A or whatever, if you want to call him that. And Mike Davis is basically doing what Christian McCaffrey would be doing in this offense right now. So the Christian McCaffrey loss isn't even a big deal. Like it's DJ Moore is the third option in this passing game. And yes, this is a great game script and a pass heavy game script. And I, this could, he could make me look stupid in this game, but I, I'm just, I'd rather look stupid on him and rank him lower than be like, oh, yeah, this is the DJ Moore week and play him in my DFS lineups and have him fucking shit the bed again. Uh,
0: uh, yeah, I fully totally agree on him. I'm, I'm with you there. Uh, do you have anybody else you're lower on before we get into tight ends? Because you kind of had more guys listed than me.
1: Yeah. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, I have 21 spots lower than consensus. I have my wide receiver 51. T.Y. Hilton. Well, when, I'll rank you as a top 36 receiver, once you actually do something, because you haven't done anything. So I'm not ranking T.Y. Hilton. I, I'm, there's no way I would start T.Y. Hilton right now. He is borderline droppable him, Marvin Jones, a um, couple other guys, Brandon cooks. Like these guys are all in the same kind of tier where I believe all three of those guys were on the fantasy footballers, like retirement ceremony because they were once really good fantasy assets, Jones and cooks and Hilton. And I also heard someone say that T.Y. Hilton hasn't posted a game with 83 receiving yards uh, since, like, without Andrew Luck in his that. career.
0: Yeah, I saw that too. Uh, talk about that, though. Bush, you, uh, why are you disrespecting my boy T.Y. Hilton? I had him and A.J. Green in my 2016 fantasy football yeah. championship team. Like, come on, man. He's, he's fantastic. No,
1: okay. No, he's not fantastic. He's cooked. T.Y. Hilton <laughs> is washed. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I just wanted
0: to pull those guys in the comments that are going to be. And his quarterback there. play isn't helping him. Yeah, I agree. Uh, talking to the next position, we're going to be going in the tight end. So you can take this away because we kind of have a lot of similar names here, but you can uh, hop on the kind of like similar names we have because I only really have one that you don't have. So uh, you can start it off.
1: Yeah, so as I mentioned, or as you mentioned, we do have similar names. We both have John Smith higher than consensus. I have him at tight end four, and I believe you have him at tight end five. Five. That's six and five spots higher than consensus, respectively. This dude's been hyper efficient on his targets. He can't. He, he's a top five tight end rest of season, in my opinion. Agreed. And he can be that on only four or five targets per game because he's that talented. He's that efficient. His offense is that efficient. The play action game, his usage in the red zone is incredible. He has a 21% target share of his offense and a 33% red zone share. All the, the, the plays in the red zone are designed to go to Derrick Henry in the Titans offense. But when they don't go to Derrick Henry, they run play action plays with Johnny Smith. And that's how pretty much all of his touchdowns have been scored thus far. And I just think, and again, this could be the experts being low on him because they don't know if this game's going to be played or not. But if Johnny Smith plays his top five tight end. Agreed. Uh, talking about, uh, I'll mention my one name, then you can take over
0: the rest. But Eric Ebron, I have three spots lower than consensus at 18 right now. He's currently ranked at 15. I believe you have him at 17. And uh, this is not just kind of like me hating on Ebron, but what has he really done to deserve a top 15 ranking thus far? Yes. He had one decent game five for 52 and a touchdown uh, before uh, the bye week or whatever shenanigans you want to call with the bills. But um, until I really see it consistently from the tight end position in Pittsburgh, I'm just avoiding it because we've seen this story so many times with Pittsburgh tight ends since he Miller retired. Oh, this guy had one good game. He's going to be a baller rest of the season. Remember Vance McDonald was like a top six, seven tight end pick a couple years ago. I mean, yes, Ebron is talented, and there's opportunity to ultimately see it consistently consistently from him. But until I do see it consistently from him and Big Ben, all, not to mention he did have that game with Deontay Johnson getting hurt as well. So that's something to keep in mind as well. Um, I'm not going to overreact over one game. I think tight in 18 even is a, a much finer ranking for him personally projecting forward. Uh, but having him in the top 15, even ahead of guys like, uh, Logan Thomas, Molly Cox, in my opinion, even Jimmy Graham, to be quite honest, I had rank higher. Um, I just, I don't see it with Ebron yet until I actually uh, see him do it consistently. So I'm at 18.
1: Yeah, I, I agree on Ebron. Um, one more guy that I do have higher co- than consensus is Logan Thomas. I have him three spots higher than consensus at 14. Um, he's number one in slot rate among tight ends, which I think is very interesting. And it's like 60% of his routes or of his plays are coming from the slot. So, I mean, he's not even seeing tight end, like defenders. He's seeing slot uh, corners in coverage. So I think Logan Thomas, we'll have to see how the quarterback change affects him, but I don't think it can get any worse than what Dwayne Haskins was putting out there. And Logan Thomas's target share was incredible. And I don't think that's like a product of, oh, he has great chemistry with Dwayne Haskins. I think that's the way the offense is just operating. The fact that he's able to get open and he's just getting thrown the ball. Like I, I think Logan Thomas is a talented player. And I think he's going to be like a top 16 tight end going forward. And I think we'll, we'll have to see how Kyle Allen and him uh, gel together, but I think it's going to get back on track in this game.
0: Yeah, I, I fully agree there. Um, I mentioned a guy, I know you have him listening uh, listed as well, but we're just, we'll we just talk in conjunction about Evan Ingram. And uh, this, is, this is one to me that people want to put up there because, oh, we've seen Evan Ingram in the past. He's a, a fast, elusive player. He's so good with the ball in his hands. He's so good after the catch. Until I see both him and Daniel Jones uh, actually perform this year, there's no way in heck he's touching my top 10. I mean, he, he's an ECR of 10 right now when he's literally done nothing all year. He's the tight end 25. And he's half getting elite right
1: volume now. too. He has number three in targets at the tight end yeah. position. Number three, and he's tight end 25 in points per game. Like he has been horrible. And everyone's like, oh, well, he's like efficient because he's like a fast. Like he's never been efficient. Even his rookie year, when he got all those targets and he wasn't efficient on them, he has never been an efficient player. You're thinking of that 75 yard touchdown against he had against the Bucs against Vernon Hargraves in coverage, which <laughs> I'm pretty sure I could have burned him on that play. Like, Same. <laughs> Evan Ingram is number two in routes run at the position, but he's number one in drops. Like he he's not like he's just not playing well. And yeah. maybe he's injured, maybe like what I don't care because Evan Ingram's always injured. He's always always something wrong with him. There's always something wrong. And I I don't really want to play a guy like that because you see him get thrown the ball so many times. It's super frustrating because you're like, Oh my God, just catch it. Or just like, Oh my God, why is Daniel Jones so bad? Like he has a bad quarterback, bad offense playing bad. Don't want anything to do with it. And I think, um, kind of along those lines as well as Austin Hooper, I have four spots lower than consensus. The guy had one good game against the Cowboys defense guys. Like let's relax on Austin Hooper. He was on waiver wires before that game. Like he was playing like crap. Uh, and that not only is that defense bad that the Cowboys have, it was one of the worst defensive performances in a single game I've ever seen also. And I'm sure you could probably attest to that. And then Greg Olson, uh, just real quick, I have six spots lower than consensus as well, mainly because Minnesota has Eric Kendricks, Anthony Harris, and Harrison Smith as the tight end defenders who are the three best defenders on their defense. And I think the receivers are the guys that eat in this game with, uh, Lockett and Metcalf. And Olsen's probably shut down by Eric Hendricks in coverage, who's been one of the best coverage linebackers in the league for the last, like, five years.
0: Not to mention, guys, like, Seattle has D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett.
1: Are they really going to be throwing the ball to Greg Olsen in this matchup when... He could catch a touchdown. I will admit that he could catch a touchdown. in this game. It should be a relatively high scoring game. So he might just catch a touchdown, but I don't think he's getting a lot of targets and I'll, I'll I'll just choose to play other options over him.
0: Realistically. Who do you think is going to get more targets him or Chris Carson? I think that would be much, much rather Chris Carson in that regard.
1: Yeah. Like I, I'd rather, like, I mean, guys that I have ranked ahead of Greg Olson were, I mean, Jimmy Graham who had a good game last night. Obviously you can't play him now. Uh, Eric Ebron, I would still play over, over Greg Olson. Drew Sample has been getting solid targets. No, uh, Noah Fant, If he plays, I'm not really sure yeah. if he's going to play or not. And then yeah. uh, I mean, even Tyler Eifert and I mean, maybe I'm a little low on uh, Greg Olson. I think I should move him ahead of Chris Herndon and Mo Ali Cox. But other than that, I, I think tight end 22 kind of like borderline playable range is where Greg Olson belongs, not tight end 18, where he is an ECR, which is a streamable option, a very strong streamable option at that. Totally agree. So uh, pretty much I, I think that's going to be uh,
0: going through the, our whole rankings pretty much. Quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. Kind of glance through our top starts, top busts, biggest discrepancies between ourselves, even between us to be quite honest. Uh, the viewers were able to see that on display a little bit as well. But if you made it this far in the video, make sure you go help us out by leaving a like button down below. Make sure you comment too. I mean, a, a lot of people... Comment have, anything. Have, comment yeah. tell us
1: that we, we look good today or comment... we. <laughs> that we look dumb today, like whatever. And C- also call- let us know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the video, let us know whether you like Danny doing this by himself or you like me on For it sure. as well, Because we might be doing some changes in the schedule again. I know we should probably stop doing that because we've done a million changes thus far, but I mean, it's all, it's all based on your guys' feedback, whatever you guys enjoy. We're here to kind of help you guys out, whatever you like to listen to, whether you want to hear us talk about our rankings, whether you want to hear more DFS content, we're like whatever you guys want to do. So, uh, yeah. Uh, Danny gets out of here. Yeah.
0: With that being said, Well, peace out. We'll see you guys again next Saturday with the week six ranking. So, anyways, take care, y'all.